Hello and welcome to Health Check with Dr. Gabby, your number one healthcare podcast. We have a new topic today. So you want to lose weight? I'm sure you must have been bombarded with a lot of conflicting information about the right way to go about diet and weight loss. I'm sure some of you must have tried different kinds of diets with fancy names like the Mediterranean diet, ketogenic diet, paleo diet, etc. Or perhaps you've joined a gym or can't afford one and are exercising at home. You may want to ask, are all these necessary? What is the right way to go about diet and weight loss? I will be breaking this down for you in this series. It promises to be very educative. First of all, why is diet and a healthy weight important? Well, many disease conditions are associated with an unhealthy diet and weight, such as hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. This brings us to the body mass index, or BMI. Knowledge of this will be important in this series. Once you know your height and weight, you can calculate your BMI, which is your weight in kilogram, over the square of your height in meters. If the value you get is less than 18.5, you are underweight. If between that and 24.9, you have normal weight. If 25 to 29.9, you are overweight. Anything above that is obesity. Note that the BMI has limitations in some people like bodybuilders, pregnant women, and sub-ethnicities. The second question you may want to ask is, should I diet, exercise, or go for surgery? Now that you know you need to lose weight, what is the best way to go about it? Should you start starving yourself, run a marathon, or go for surgery? All these are extreme measures. The best thing to do is to set a target, one that is achievable. You can start by deciding just how much weight you need to lose over a period of time. Don't set unrealistic targets for yourself. A target of 5% weight loss is a good place to start. For example, if you are 100 kg, aim to get to 95 kg. You may think 5% is too small, but there are many benefits a 5% weight loss will do to your body. This includes reduced risk of diabetes and heart disease, better sleep, better mood, and sexual function. So we've talked about weight loss targets. Now, let's talk about strategies for achieving weight loss. The first we'll talk about is food or energy substitution. There is an amount of energy we need to maintain our weight on a daily basis. However, some of these foods provide too much energy while some provide less energy. So the first strategy we will talk about is to substitute those energy-dense foods in your diet with less 
or reduced energy dense foods. For example, swapping bars of chocolate with pieces of fruit. This ensures you are still taking the right amount of food but substituting the energy value with one that is much lower and healthier. This is an example of a reduced energy diet. One way you can monitor this is to actually write down what you eat on a daily basis. In this way, you are able to track what you are consuming and where you are making errors. You can also substitute the foods you are taking that have high energy levels with lower and healthier options. Now, let's talk about very low energy diets. There are situations one will need a rapid weight loss through this meal replacement we've highlighted above. Such diets should ideally be prescribed by only doctors or dietitians. They consist of taking formulated meals in the form of shakes or meal bars. Note that these meals are nutritionally complete. If you're going this route, doctors advise you take vegetables to aid bowel movement and one tablespoon of oil for the gallbladder to contract well. Avoid quick fixes, except a doctor says so. One use of a very low energy diet is for rapid weight loss before surgery on the abdomen. Of course, the disadvantage is that it is extremely hard to adhere to. Your body will need about 2-3 to three days to get used to such diets. By this time, your body has used up its glucose and now starts to burn fat to produce energy. The byproduct of this process is what is called ketones. These ketones help you not to feel hungry. I guess you now know the inspiration for the ketogenic diet. So which kind of diet should you go for? Deciding to subject yourself to a reduced energy diet is easier to comply with but takes longer to see results while a very low energy diet is harder to comply with but gives a faster weight loss. Examples of foods that have a high level of energy. When we talk about energy dense foods, we essentially mean the amount of calories in the food. Some energy dense foods you should be aware of include meals like fast foods, cakes and pastries, chocolates, soft drinks and sweets, while low energy ones include fruits and vegetables as well as yogurt. So the idea is that when you feel like taking a energy dense food, you instead go for a low energy one. We talked about very low energy diets. What are the risks? A question you may want to ask is, should a very low energy diet be taken every day? No, 
one to three days a week is enough. The remaining days, you can use a diet with just a reduced or low energy content. Research is still ongoing on this. These diets take a heavy toll on the body and you may find yourself with a headache, feeling dizzy and very lightheaded. You may also find you are not passing waste as you used to. You may even develop a mouth odor. There are other major side effects you will be at risk of like gallbladder disease, liver inflammation and gout which is a very painful condition of the joints. You may want to ask, Doctor, should I embark on this very low energy diet? My answer to you is no. Accept, accept and accept it is recommended and supervised by medical personnel. Join me next time for the second part. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Erumu, spelt D-R-E-R-H-U-M-U or like my Facebook page, Daily Health Check with Dr. Gabby. Till then, stay healthy.